Hey, welcome back. We are here for episode seven of The Click. I'm Chris Rupp with my co-host, Elena Corsini. Uh, we've got uh, several great topics to talk to you about today. We've got uh, a few things that we talked about in the last couple of episodes that we can follow up on, kind of see yep. how uh, those different news and events have transpired and what, what that means, like the, uh, the latest Google mm-hmm. core algorithm update. Um, we've got some e-commerce news. Uh, and then we're also going to finish up our part four of our uh, social media marketing series uh, with social selling today. So uh, excited about that. We've got a lot of good stuff Absolutely. and let's dig into it. Okay. So we're going to start off, um, just like you said, with uh, Google. So they announced, I think we talked about this in the last episode, that it began rolling out on Monday, May 4th, um, and it's now finally complete. And I believe this was as of two days ago, so on the 18th, it um, was finished and they announced this via Twitter and it took about like I said two weeks and now would be so after the rollout's complete now's the time to review your, your analytics and to see if this update um, has made any impact on your site so by now you kind of would have if it does affect you um, you kind of would have already seen definitely it. would see it by now yeah yep. yeah yeah absolutely um, and just like any other core update it's pretty broad it's wide uh, it covers a lot of overall quality issues um, it's just like you said last episode as well, Google's very, I mean, they're keeping this stuff under lock and key. So you can't really find too much information on it. Uh, but if you just kind of take a step back, take an overall look at your website, you should kind of be in good shape. So just kind of analyze that. It does appear, though, that the 2020 core algorithm update disproport- disproportionately excuse me, affected YMYL websites. So what that Y-M-Y-L. means? Y M Y L. Yeah, I know it's so weird. I had never really heard of it either. I've heard of it um, a little bit in school, but not right. as much recently. And what this means is, so it, this is actually a Google term specifically, and it refers to pages that Google deems could impact the future happiness, health, financial stability, or safety of users. Um, so it really, and I was, wow. we were taking a look at the domain list. It really just kind of stretches. It negatively and positively affected a large number of websites, and this co- includes. The topics of nutrition and recipes, fitness, news, drugs, alcohol, and rehab, um, science and medical news, banking and finance, music and entertainment, natural medicine, and history. So these types of sites were impacted positively or yeah, negatively? Um, both, So, which is really strange. Um, so they kind of affect it in different ways. Um, it's just the overall... when, And then kind of further looking at the sites, um, after sure. I kind of dug a little bit more into it, you can kind of see the difference in the sites and the user, I mean, just the user experience on these sites, the ones that are more positively influenced um, or the algorithm um, influenced them, excuse me. Those ones are more, they're a user-friendly website. You can easily navigate, you can easily contact a form on a recovery site, things like that. Whereas these other websites that were negatively, in fact, um, impacted their domains, it was just the use the whole user experience to me just seemed off going through that. It was hard to sure. find a contact, hard to find um, resources, things like that. So I think it's really just, and I honestly think it kind of has to do with the coronavirus and just the overall um, feel that these platforms have been pushing out that Google, Facebook has been pushing out just the empathy and really caring about the user um, mm-hmm. at the uh, standpoint of all this. So I think that that this algorithm really has to do with that. It was interesting. So it affected that entire entire group, entire yeah. group as a mm-hmm. whole, whether it was positive or negative, yeah. they didn't just say that this whole group, but that was the focus of this mm-hmm. update, which is really interesting because like you said, it does align with 
what's you know, happening. Probably a little bit more with what's, you know, current events. Um, so I don't know if that was a plan all along and maybe they just emphasized mm-hmm. it or, mm-hmm. you know, nobody really knows because they, they don't like to tell us much of anything. But some of the, uh, one of the examples that I saw in here was that, you know, if you take two news websites, WashingtonPost.com mm-hmm. had an increase of just a, a, just under about 19% in overall visibility mm-hmm. increase. So they had a positive effect from it. And then uh, New York Post had yep. about Which a... Which is fairly similar. Those are two. Right, like, right, right. Yeah. right. And, and that's what I'm getting at is is they had about a 30% decrease in overall visibility. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, it's, it's interesting just to see those two side by side yeah, and kind absolutely. of you know, from, from anybody's, you know, in the marketing world and just kind of looking at those sites and, and the differences between the two. And maybe we can do that at, mm-hmm. at a later date, kind of trying to diagnose exactly what that is, but, you know, pulling those two sites up side by side and seeing, what you know, are what are the differences yeah. and, and how are, why is Google um, rewarding this one yeah. over this one is we should, you know, dig into that and, and see, you know, exactly yeah. what are they seeing? Why are they Absolutely. rewarding it that way? Yeah. And if you are um, just, I mean, we don't have too much information, but if you are in that category that your money, your life websites, um, anything really, I would say, concerning a user, concerning a person, that you're really advocating a service or a product um, that benefits, that you're trying to impact someone's life, just take a look at your site. Kind of take a look at the overall feel of it. Um, is Put yourself in your consumer standpoint. Go through the site and see, can I find a contact page? Can sure. I find the resources? Are there blogs that have the resources I'm looking for, just little things like that. Um, and I just think can really influence um, negatively or positively. But if you're just on the standpoint, you're yep. looking, checking, making sure your overall website is good, then you'll I'd, come out positive. Yeah, and I'd like to hear from listeners too. So, I mean, uh, you know, in, in the comments, YouTube, Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, wherever it may be, what are you seeing with this uh, algorithm update? Are you seeing yeah. a positive effect on, on your own sites or client sites or negative um, you know, can you, can you pinpoint exactly where and why and try to get some additional feedback and, and, you know, it's so that every, it's always so vague. It's, you know, everybody's got to kind of put together of, okay, what happened? Why, what yeah. are the differences to yep. come to that conclusion of, Hey, this is exactly what I need to be focusing yeah. on. So a little bit more, um, on the consumer experience. So we've seen, we kind of mentioned it previously, um, the big push on streaming right now. So we've really, I mean, people are at home with the same stay-at-home orders. They're kind of lightening up right now, so we are going to see um, restaurant shops opening up. But people are still streaming. People are still going to be staying home. Um, and OTT and CTV, as a part of programmatic advertising, has become huge. Um, I just mentioned to you I've done, like, five webinars probably in the past two weeks on this. Yeah. Um, and it's really important. It's really it's something that in the marketing world we, especially in the digital space, have recently pushed video. You know, video is more important. They say that video just has this yeah, lasting. Like last, yeah, it right. has this lasting effect. And now we have the possibility to hyper target mm-hmm. um, to the individual household. Right. You're able to pick income, demographic, um, their behaviors, and that when they're sitting in that room, now there also could be other users in that room. So they, the TV screen could be tailored to me. Right. You could be watching it as yep. well. So yep. it just opens up this huge um, So the TV game. screen, the, it's in, the TV screens have obviously evolved from not mm-hmm. just your 50-inch oh, yes, yes, yes. TV mm-hmm. on the wall. Absolutely. It's now, this is my TV, this is my TV. Mm-hmm. Right. Tablets. I mean, everything is now a TV screen. And, mm-hmm. and that's really obviously we've we've seen that going that way. And, and really, that's what this is all about, yeah. what you're about to talk about. Yeah. 
So what, um, just a little clarification on what that stands for. So what is OTT? Yeah, <laughs> it means over the top. So it literally means if you think of it this way, just like a little app, Apple TV or a little device. Um, and it, so what it refers to is the video content that is served over the traditional closed television system. Um, so it's a little bit different. And then CTV stands for connected TV. So this is means like a smart TV or something right. like that. Right. Um, so it's for a television that has either an Ethernet connection or can connect to the Internet wirelessly. Um, so CTV really, I mean, just to kind of dummy it down for people, yeah. CTV is is your smart TV, yep. right? And that's yep. a, pretty much any TV that you buy today is a smart TV in some format. Mm -hmm. A lot of them have Roku built into it. Mm -hmm. um, and like some Samsung has their own mm -hmm. app platform that you can download all the yep. all the big apps to, to do streaming and whatnot. And OTT is really that over-the-air type yep. of, you know, coming, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. streaming to a laptop, a phone. Yeah, um, anywhere. Anything yeah. along those lines. Absolutely, yeah. And this content um, that's streamed over the internet, it's really, it's just become the new norm. Like I said, it's, I mean, I've seen these webinars, I've seen this, and before the crisis, it was expected out of the TV ad market, um, it was expected OTT and CTV would be seven billion of the seventy billion, which is a lot still. Mm. Um, but it's not as much now. It's expected to increase thirty seven percent in twenty twenty, which is huge. If you look at, at you know cord cutting mm -hmm. as an example, I did that uh, I think three years ago, roughly, where I was just I was so tired of dealing with the cable yeah. companies, yeah. which so many people which are. So They're many, just yep. you know they're horrible to deal with for the most part, and. Uh, and then you have to, you know, when it comes to fees and how expensive it gets, it's like, oh, you're paying, you want to have high definition on this TV and in this room, in this room, you got to buy a box and then you got fees for every one of them. And it's just like all the hardware that comes along with it. And it just seems so outdated feeling, um, you know, to, to have even live TV, right? Oh, yeah. And there's so many platforms mm -hmm. that do live TV now. And I, I wish I would have done it sooner. And I, you know, and this, all of this OTT and CTV data and just kind of the future of the TV advertising world is really just honing in on all of these people that are going into cord cutting and don't oh, absolutely don't have cable TV that yeah. are watching you know wh whatever it is. Um, and I've never paid for cable actually. Well, there you go. So that, yeah, See? I've never. Exactly. I mean, since I've since I went to school, um, it would be the first time I'd be paying for it on really uh, right. cable on my own. I just chose not to. I was like. I have Netflix, yeah. and I wasn't really a big TV person. Yeah. Um. So it wasn't as important to me. So, so I don't know cable. You know, yeah, I have exactly. no idea. And I think that's a lot of other people. Exactly what you said. Core cutting. They don't want to spend the money for that's it. it. Yeah. I have uh YouTube TV, and that's yep. what I went with. You, too. To, you know, whenever I did the the core cutting, and they have. You know, you still have your commercials on there. I don't know why, but it's when you're watching true live TV and you, it's not something that you've recorded, um, you know, into the cloud that you have with YouTube TV. It it just feels like your commercials are easier to watch. It's mm -hmm. like they show how many, like one of five during commercial break yep. and how long it's going to be. Um, and they're all a little bit different, too. I mean, they can obviously be more targeted uh, with what we're doing here. Uh, talking about OTT and CTV. So, I mean, there's there's just so many new opportunities for advertisers to be uh, in front of the eyes, that whether it may be what I'm talking about, YouTube TV, which I have on a, a smart TV mm -hmm. up on the wall, mm -hmm. and I also have it here too. Yeah. And there's all the different platforms that, 
um, that you can watch anything, you know, stream movies, TVs. It's just such a, a great opportunity for people to get in front of mm-hmm. uh, targeted users and uh, and not just kind of the masses. The, the targeting that we have, the capabilities that we've always had within digital are now all of a sudden kind of being dumped into the TV world. Absolutely. And it's a whole, whole, it's a whole, new, yeah, it's a whole yeah. different ball game. Yeah, and something just to um, piggyback off of, what you were saying, connected TV has a 90% completion rate for ads. So it's exactly what you said. Yep. You're not, I mean, I never skip it. I'm going to be honest. I never get up and grab the remote and right. press skip. Like I watch those ads and those ads I've actually recently, I've like been sitting there and all of a sudden there's an ad that really does pertain to me. And mm-hmm. I ended up looking it up after. Um, even furthermore, just all of those ads, I've also been, um, while watching TV, see, so I am watching TV a little bit more, um, I've seen no ads play, which is insane as well. We've seen a huge, huge increase in inventory because all these yep. people are streaming. Yep. Now we have all this inventory, Well, like we've talked about recently as well. People are like scaling back their marketing budgets. So now we have all this inventory. No. I've seen that too. Yeah. I've, there's, there'll be it's moments crazy. where it's like you are watching whatever channel, which I've never ever. And like yeah. I said, I've only ever streamed things and I've right. never seen that before. Yep. So the fact that there are so many Americans, in, I mean, there's so many people even around the world that are streaming that we don't have enough ads to go I around. Know, it's crazy. It's thing, crazy. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. So that, I mean, that means, I mean, right now inventory is, is off the charts. Mm-hmm. Uh, great time to just, dabble in it, yeah. it you know and the cpms are just incredible right now so mm-hmm. i mean the, the the value there with your advertising dollars is huge yeah, absolutely and i mean people even they're going to continue this is going to change as we've been talking about this is completely changing the landscape of retail it's completely changing the landscape of everything yeah. um, people are going to be sitting at home more people are going to be working from home more they might not be ordering as much um from, or excuse me, going to stores as much, they'll be ordering more online. And that kind of goes into our next point is how much e-commerce is booming. Um, retail sales. Finally getting some numbers out, right? I mean, we've been yeah, talking about this we've been for ta- yeah, weeks we, and weeks. And, and I remember like the first, I think it was our first episode and this was when it was all happening. And we were like, oh yeah, this is going to happen and this is going to happen. Yeah. Well, now it's the end of it and we're seeing it. Yep. It's there. The data's there. Yep. Um, retail sales were down 8.7%, which is the Deepest decline ever recorded. Wow. Um, which is crazy. So yeah, it is. It is. What we're saying, it's happening. Um, it's there. It's real. Uh, however, in April, e-commerce enjoyed unprecedented growth. So it reflects huge gains in e-commerce and Black Friday level traffic in transactions. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And Adobe just came out with a new study recently released. They found that e-commerce grew um, 94 excuse me, 49%, which is huge. And individual categories experienced even higher. So an growth. overall increase, yeah. 49% in e-commerce. e-commerce. That's incredible. Yeah. And that's, again, that's what we've been saying for weeks. And, you know, I think back to, uh, you know, over the years of meeting with all kinds of different clients and, and industries and different caliber, you know, small business to corporate and even a little bit enterprise level uh, over the years. And, I've, you know, the bigger ones have always been more, inclined to keep up with the times, yeah. go digital, mm-hmm. figure out e-com platforms, mm-hmm. you know, advance on what they have and build, build, build. And, you know, we know that's the way of the future, but mm-hmm. I think of all the ones that I had a struggle with. Right. And even like recently, I mean, mm-hmm. within like, I'd say the last six months, I mean, there's still instances 
that I can think back on where you're just like, you, you tried to do everything that you can to, to say, Hey, this is what needs to happen yeah, for you your need. business. Yep. Right. And then, and then all of a sudden something, you know, like a pandemic happens, which nobody can, you know, predict by any means, but mm-hmm. the, it just proves the point of, Hey, it, it was going this way. It just, that accelerated yeah. it, you know, times a thousand and the ones that were ahead of that or even jumped on it initially and were listening to the people, um, in, in our world and like the things that we were saying of, Hey, you know, jump on this quickly, mm-hmm. you know, even restaurants, now, yeah. even restaurants that didn't have an online ordering platform of any kind that immediately jumped in and just grabbed anything. It doesn't matter. I mean, even like from a user experience uh, perspective, it was like nobody really cared about that no, at that point. No. It was just the capability of being able to do it and mm-hmm. offer that to your customers. Or even see the menu online right. for that people. If, you weren't there available in that Google search, they yeah. probably they might not deliver yeah. or they might not get delivery from you. I know I ordered from uh, a couple places that you had to call was the only way to do mm-hmm. it. And it was just normally I would never do that. I don't, you know, I've kids at home and it's loud and you, I don't know, you just don't want to do that. You just yep. want to pull your phone up and order your food and wait for it to show mm-hmm. up. Right. And, you know, waiting like on a, um, you couldn't get through because I mean, how many people do they have behind the phones mm-hmm. when they could have, you know, this going an online ordering platform. So yeah. it just, it, I'm, I'm focused on the restaurant side a little bit right now, but it's really across the board. The ones that had that already set up and, or jumped on it initially mm-hmm. are the ones that are seeing the most advantage mm-hmm. from that. Yeah. And it's not, it's not anything too. If you're not set up yet, it doesn't mean you're, I mean, I don't want to say you're too late in the game, but there's still time. There's still time to get the back opportunity up. is very present very here. Yeah. yeah. And it's not going away. Yeah. This is a hundred percent not going away. Yep. Um, it's all as states and stores reopen, you know, consumer reaction is going to change. There are, like I said, there are going to be some people who still are not going to want to go out. There are people who are going to be scared. Um, these buying behaviors, we're going to continue to see them. And I think e-commerce, it might, we might not have 49% next year. I don't think, hopefully, this doesn't happen right. again. Um, and we don't have something like that. But that level is going to stay up there. And I can yeah. say from my consumer standpoint, I liked ordering online. I didn't really, I mean, I did it before, but. I probably will definitely use it more in the future. Um, when you see some of the big box stores that are, they're starting to come out with their numbers uh, with just earnings in general and, and how, what their sales were like over the past few months, the past quarter, a lot of the, like the big box ones, targets and Lowe's and Walmarts and things like that. Their, their e-com numbers are insane. insane. I mean like yeah. crazy, crazy numbers. Online grocery went up like 110%, I yeah. think. Like, yep. I, did, I mean, they've all been at, at least over 100% mm-hmm. uh, growth on the e-com side. And those are all the, I mean, we know that, you know, that they've seen that. They knew that it was going there. They had all their systems in place. But again, it just doubles down, proves the mm-hmm. point of, you know, that's, that's what has to be yeah. done right now. So from a small business aspect uh, to what you just said, the opportunity is still there. Oh, yeah, it's still absolutely. present. It's and not it too be. late yeah, and it will continue. It's not going to go away. But if you don't, uh, your, your competition is doing it. Yeah. And, and they're already there probably. <laughs> if they're not already there, the ones, the proactive ones that are, are here to stay and really want to adapt and yeah. thrive, they're getting on it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And even further. Um, so we t- kind of talked about e-commerce, uh, that small business standpoint, maybe people who aren't online, but just a little bit for more advanced. So if you do have marketing set up, uh, something that I really highly recommend, I've read a few articles about this as well right now, is retargeting. Uh, it's something that we utilize, and 
almost every campaign. Um, whether Retargeting, remarketing, or, yeah, whatever yeah, you want to call it. Yeah. Um, we utilize, like I said, in almost every campaign, it's, I think it's crucial. It's really retargeting that user. So they, it's after they've already been to the website, um, they might have not converted. They might not have filled out the contact form or something like that. It, you'll be redirected with an ad later. So you'll be on, um, if you do social retargeting, you'll be on Facebook. You'll see that ad later. And I've just really, as I said, from a consumer standpoint, I have clicked on these ads. Oh, whenever yeah. whenever I see them again, I usually go back and I I know what's happening. I sure. know what they're doing to me. <laughs> I do this. Like, I know and I still, I'm like, okay, you're right. It's back in my mind. You like, got me. I, yeah, like, I'm me. here. I'm doing it. Well, it's funny the ones that do it well, too, yes, right? Yes, and not absolutely. just a generic, here's our brand, mm-hmm. come back, buy from me. Mm-hmm. The ones that are more aggressive with it or use some Personal, form of personalization, personalization well, yeah. some kind of dynamic, you know, product placement that's showing you the last thing that you viewed, anything along those lines that, that just makes it a little bit clear. Amazon does an amazing, they've, mm-hmm. I know we talked about this uh, several weeks ago, but they cut back on it a lot. But before that, they did a tremendous job. It was like, if you browsed anything, all of a sudden you would have a retargeting ad and it would be a carousel of the items of that exactly. you look through and mm-hmm. you could scan through the, you could be on some news website, scan it through items, within an ad as you're reading a news article, you know, on the side of things mm-hmm. that you just looked at, you know, yeah. they're, you know, Hey, come back and buy me, please come back and yep. buy me. And if the messaging is aggressive too, that, and we, we stress this a lot with clients when we're, when we're going through the creative side of um, when we're doing retargeting is you can be more direct. You can be Absolutely. more aggressive and, and, and you should be with the messaging yeah, yeah. because you've already won that person. You've already acquired them coming to your site at one point. Yeah, from they that know who clip. you are, right? You don't have to prove that within, you know, the, the ad copy and creative. It's it's get them back to you mm-hmm. and, and try to obviously convert them from there. And we're, we see that in so many of our campaigns is the conversion level within yeah. Uh, the conversion rates within retargeting is just always drastically higher than than most every other mm-hmm. channel that They're we do. They're about um you retargeted users are about 3 times more likely to click on an ad um than users who've never interacted with the brand before and I've done a lot of studies in this um in grad school and it was that returning customers I mean they're more likely they're going to keep coming back they're going to keep sure. coming back so retargeting and taking that a step further maybe maybe they have converted previously Oh, well, let's bring them back. Maybe you're a subscription service. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it time for your monthly, whatever it is, um, whatever product we're selling there? Yep. So it's really, I mean, just a re-engagement campaign also costs a little bit less as well. So these can cost as much as 75% less than user acquisition, Google search, and re- engine results page. Interesting. So. That's huge yep. as well. It doesn't cost as much. So even if you don't have like the budget put aside for it, shave a little bit off of your current budget. And I definitely think uh, retargeting now, especially during e-commerce, is essential. Yep. And we we do uh, retargeting through a variety of different platforms. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. programmatic platforms, uh, Google, and Google is the remarketing mm-hmm. term of what they use, ad roll. Um, and, you know, they, they all kind of, function a little bit differently or de- deliver uh, a little bit differently. Uh, I know anything that we ever put on Adroll just seems to be like, you can't miss it. You know, and of course we can tone back the frequencies on those and whatnot. And, and we always do to make sure that's tailored correctly. But 
Um, we just, we've always seen great success from that. Yeah. And with all of the new e-commerce activity that we're seeing that retargeting, remarketing better be a part of your strategy. Yeah. Yeah. That was something, um, like I said, we went back through and just kind of reassessed, made sure that every, we were doing retargeting where it was needed and then reassessing from there. Should we put a little bit more of the budget towards, um, and we do recommend five to 10% at least, um, for retargeting and remarketing. So it's not too much of your digital advertising spend, but it is enough that if we have people who have already viewed their site, they're going to come back and they're going to be way more likely sure. to convert. Yep. So a little bit more on e-commerce. We're talking about shopping. Uh, we did talk about Google shopping listings a few episodes yeah, ago. Yeah, they finally opened it up to be free, right? Yes, yeah. Yep. And it's rolling out globally by the end of the year. Right now it's live in the U.S. Um, so you can get started today if you want to uh, go into Google's Merchant Center is how you'll sign up. So, so they've opened this up to more than just the beta users yes. now? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, and this is where you'll set up your store and upload your product information. So this is all free to use, as we've mentioned, whether you're running uh, Google Ads campaigns or not. And retailers can connect their PayPal accounts to the Merchant Center um, to speed up the account verification process. Cool. So that's with just PayPal, and I believe they are, they've also integrated into, if I can remember correctly, Shopify, uh, BigCommerce, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember, there's one other one in yeah, there. Yeah. But, and I, they were talking about expanding that. So um, I'd like to, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to watch uh, the results from this. Mm-hmm. And I've actually noticed it myself just searching for random things. Of all things, going off topic here, um, I've been building the, I think I told you this the other day, I've been building this playhouse in my oh, backyard, yes, right? Yes, yes. My girls and you know, all this extra home time. It's like, all right, got to get people out of the house mm-hmm. and entertain them and wear them out. So of course I went the cheap route and bought one that had to be completely put together from scratch <laughs> with 10,000 parts. I'm like halfway through it. I think I'm on page 20 step 27 of 67 oh and gosh. I've spent two and a half days working on it. But anyways, it didn't come with a slide and you know, I, I figured out a way that, hey, I can probably put one in in this one spot on it. So I've been searching for a slide, right? A playhouse mm-hmm. slide. It seems really simple. Mm-hmm. Whatever reason, there is a massive slide shortage <laughs> in the entire world. Like, I've been joking about this with my wife for a couple of weeks now because we can't find one anywhere. <laughs> and I've even contacted some of the manufacturing companies and they're like, yeah, you know, we're uh, everything. We're not going to have anything until maybe the middle of June or oh something like gosh. that. And I literally, I know how to search for something on the web, yeah. you know, the, like find almost anything, right? And I cannot find one for sale absolutely freaking anywhere. So if you have a slide, let us know. <laughs> so where I was going with this, yes, please. Where I was going with this was I noticed that when I was on some of the searching that I was doing on Google, the product listings were coming up, the free ones, yeah. and they were really spammy. And really? I clicked on them and they would show a link or like a preview of a link in the, in the bottom of, of the listing. Mm-hmm. And it looked like one was available. So I was like, Oh my God, you know, I found it and this is so cool. And it's on the new, you know, uh, uh free listings within, uh, the shopping results. And I would go through it and it would be, it definitely was not a credible website. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so I think there's obviously it's a, there's going to be a, a little bit of a learning curve there. With, Absolutely. You know, I, so that not just anything and everything can be placed on there. 
So, um, I don't know. It was just inter- it just that just hit me talking about this was, you know, I, th- I thought it was like an opportunity. I found one, but it wasn't legitimate mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons, but there were several of those on there like that. And it made me think, Hey, they, they probably are going to have to figure out a way to crack down on what actually can go on here yeah. and how and it who, can yeah. and who there can a little more verification process. Yeah. And that's one thing they brought that up. Uh, I read something the other day of the whole verification within the, um, just doing Google ads as a whole is I believe that they're doing that for everybody Everyone, now. Yep. Right. And we, I believe a couple of years ago we were running a, a political campaign and we had to go through that process mm-hmm. back then to, or to run the political yeah, so ads. And so we got skipped mm-hmm. over on that and the current process of what they're doing as far as running ads, because we had already provided that information, but that's good that they're doing it. And but that's know. for advertisers. So right. You're right. Yeah. What right. Are they, it what is. Are we so doing that's right. Other? Are they going to implement some of the same things so that we don't just have a bunch of shit products that are, you know, Which made they up? Should. And yeah, they should. Absolutely. absolutely. Because it what obviously Google's whole effort is to give somebody the result, real results of what they're searching for. Mm-hmm. And if they begin to see like you, you probably watched my user behavior and that instance of like back and forth and back and forth and then like getting frustrated and and then getting off and just getting off of it as a whole because I didn't find what I was looking for granted everything was out of stock but still the ones that I went to didn't seem to be legitimate I think eventually they'll begin to to crack down on that and provide a better experience with it yeah absolutely hopefully so what's uh what's Facebook doing this is this is kind of big yeah, this is big. I thought Google was big, which it was big um, with these free shopping listings. But this I was absolutely just shook by. I was actually on Facebook scrolling through and I saw um, I follow Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook. So I saw his post about this and I was like, what? This is crazy. Um, so for years, people have used Facebook. Uh, I've done it just posting um, previously. It was like you'd post a bike or something and say for sale. Yeah. Now people use right. Marketplace. Mm-hmm. That's like peer to peer. You can sell across um, it's used a lot marketplace is is huge yeah on Facebook. and people talk about it too I'll oh, be, yeah. people will be like oh yeah i found it on facebook marketplace it's really easy um and there's no so the transaction usually happens like in person so there's no like fees associated nothing with that um but it's really pulling this so they call it what facebook calls it is social e-commerce which i thought was cool because they really put that i mean take that word social and put that in there that they are really facilitating and made this community where even on Instagram, people are shopping. This is, that's how people shop now or through influencers um, and like shopping styles from brands. So they've really come out with this social e-commerce. So what they're doing is they created Facebook shops. So it's pretty similar to what um, we've been talking about. And the whole point is it's to inspire people to shop and make buying and selling online easier. So creating a Facebook shop is free. So it's for like small businesses who, just like we just talked about, can't get online right now. So mm-hmm. that's what I was reading more into from Facebook is that literally they say in their press release, we are doing this for small businesses right. who cannot get online. So they're creating a new marketplace yes. for small, small business, business to sell their products directly on Facebook. Everywhere. That's pretty big. It's huge. Yep. It's huge. Um, this means... So this At is no a, cost, nonetheless. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a quote from Facebook. It says, this means any seller, no matter their size or budget, can bring their business online and connect with customers wherever and whenever it's convenient for them. That's awesome. Yeah, so it was currently live as of yesterday. Um, an Instagram shop is 
set to launch this summer. I wonder how that's going to affect a site like Etsy, right? Think about all the small shops that are just like they're at home things that people do on the side that, I mean, I mean, that site is huge. People Mm -hmm. use it and buy stuff all the time and have all these little stores and this and that. And it's almost, they pay fees and whatnot to be on there. I don't know what, what the fees are like, but, um, I wonder how Facebook shops is eventually going to affect influence or, or affect the, you know, just the general business model for something like Etsy. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it seems fairly similar, right. Mm-hmm. But now you're adding in this entire social aspect. I don't know how built out it'll be for like some of the customizations that Etsy offers when, mm-hmm. when buying something. But as far as like a small business or just, you know, a small shop at home, small home business, it's going to offer all of this on Facebook for absolutely free and you're doubling in all of the social aspect of it and then mm-hmm. your friend network on it. Right. And it's, it seems pretty easy to say, Hey, all of a sudden here's all my products and I can push them out to all my friends and, yeah. and have it available to everybody. Yeah. It's pretty ab- cool. Absolutely. And the thing with Etsy, like you just said, there's fees associated with, with it. And I've used Etsy. I love Etsy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that business model will really go away. I think that it might, um, Facebook shops might bring some traction from it. I just think it's just insane to me that Facebook even came out with this, that there is, I mean, they're literally creating an e-commerce platform, I mean, yep. or an e-commerce section of their apps, of their website, um, to completely make Facebook a one-stop shop for news, for everything, for right. your, I mean, the whole point of it is to, so that when an individual or a consumer is going through Facebook and they see a product, they like, hey, I can buy it, and I can buy it with one click right on Facebook. Um, and Check out right on the site. Yeah, and then proceed from I there. I saw that they were they're working on some integrations, uh, very similar to how, how Google was uh, with the shopping listings. So they were, they're working on some integrations with the big players like yeah. Shopify and whatnot, and, and even bringing in some of their merchant uh, services from those to be able to check out uh, I guess syncing the merchant, the the payment gateway from whatever you're currently using into the Facebook platform so that there's a seamless user experience of buying it and checking out and you're not, you know, all of a sudden now it's opening up Safari on your phone and you're going to that website to check out and whatnot. I think yeah. they're working on making that a more seamless process. And I was curious about the, you know, this is all free, right? So what's, what's the, what's the bigger picture uh, revenue model here? Facebook and Zuckerberg actually commented on that. They, he was asked about that saying that, you know, we're an ads business and we're not steering away from that. We are an ads business. We're not, you know, like eBay where they, you know, charge you per listing and every sale transaction, mm-hmm. a percentage and all those things. Um, so they are betting on the increased traffic, right? The increased users uh, being on the site so that they can eventually bring ads, ads. into this, right? So from, yep. Our perspective, it's another opportunity that yeah. eventually, you know, when they finally roll that out, when there's enough usability and, and traffic going to this, that, you know, it'll be interesting to see the targeting metrics and capabilities that they come out with that we can use from an advertiser's perspective to be able to um, get in on some of the ad placements that they'll they'll have there. And, and yeah. how, how are those used? How are they, um, you know, how do they benefit an advertiser and whatnot? So that's mm-hmm. their long-term play is... Is, is is still the ad placement? Yeah. He's doubling down on that. That's not is, going anywhere. I did read um, there is a fee associated. So through that final um, 
like that final process. So it's not like a shipping fee, but it's just a fee associated with Facebook. So there is like a small fee associated with it um, when purchasing. To the end user? So yeah. Mm-hmm. When they check out? Yeah, when they check out. And it's that's from Facebook. That's okay, from I didn't see that. Business. I missed yeah. that. Okay. Um, so there is a small fee. Now, whether or not that stays or goes away um, yeah. beyond that, I don't, you know, time will tell. But I think it's just, I mean, and I'm looking at it right here, what it looks like. I just think the aesthetic of it as well is going to make people scroll. People are going to go to a Facebook page. They're going to look at a Facebook page, and they're going to click on the yeah. products. And just having that ability to go through and then maybe even converting later at a later date, which will probably happen a lot, um, just the user, the consumer experience going through Facebook, finding a product, liking the product, being like, oh, let me look at similar ones. Right. Um, I just think it changes the whole game. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. They are uh, they are on it, and they they spend a lot of time uh, within the user experience side. I mean, everybody Absolutely. anybody that uses Facebook, there's constant updates Intent. to it, yeah. um, and they're very very intentional about that mm-hmm. of how they go about it. So I don't as you know your last comment about it and just kind of how the aesthetics of it. Um, I think it's it's probably going to take off. That's not going to be one of those oh, things yeah. that a new feature that rolls out and we don't really hear about mm-hmm. or talk about a lot. I I think that's going to be a big one. All right, cool. So that wraps up our headlines uh, for this week. And we are going to finish up our uh, little kind of mini series on uh, social media marketing and the different uh, components of that. It's again, it's I've said this the last few last few episodes of there's always so much confusion and um, strategy, unknown strategy of how do I how do I utilize social media Mm -hmm. to benefit my business to sell on it. Obviously, you know, that's what everybody's efforts are from a business perspective is utilizing the tools that we have, especially within social media. How do Mm -hmm. we, how do we turn that into something that's, I can see lay out a strategy that I'm eventually going to see an ROI on and small, medium businesses. That's typically pretty difficult for, for most to see if they're new at it and they really just don't understand kind of the whole process and it's not a just start posting you're going to start selling Mm -hmm. tomorrow right Mm -hmm. and there's so much more to it so this is part four part one was uh social listening uh which is monitoring and responding to customer service and reputation management issues on the social web uh part two was social influencing establishing your authority on the social web often through the distribution and sharing of valuable content Part three that we did uh, in our last episode was social networking, uh, finding and associating with authoritative and influential individuals and brands on the social web. And our last one this week is social selling, uh, generating leads and sales from existing customers and prospects on the social web. So if you combine all of these and do all of these together, that's mm-hmm. your best bet to see an ROI for all of your social media efforts. Absolutely. So social selling is the art of using social media to find, connect with, understand, and nurture sales prospects. It's the modern way to develop meaningful relationships with potential customers. So you'll, you're the first person or brand a prospect thinks of when they're ready to buy. So if you have a Facebook business page, mm-hmm. um, a LinkedIn profile, or Twitter, whatever it may be, uh, of course, Instagram is is a big one. You're already engaged in that in the basics of social selling here. Um, if you've never actually used the term to describe those online activities or thought all that much about exactly what social selling really means, you know, that's 
a lot of that goes into that whole bigger picture there. So social selling is not just about gaining access to contacts, but about building relationships and listening for the right moment to join the conversation so you can present yourself as a solution to the problem. Um, adding that credibility, adding, um, you know, it just your reputation as a whole, your authority of what you do or what you sell and exerting that, you know, on an ongoing basis and knowing when to exert it as well. Um, the, this, the aim is to address a pressing need to make your prospects life easier mm-hmm. rather than becoming just another online irritant to ignore. And that's what so many people make the mistake of is as a whole with their social efforts is just putting content out there that they feel is valuable content that mm-hmm. nobody really cares about. Um, it has to be what your audience wants and needs from you. What are you solving for them? What benefit are you providing? So um, why don't you talk about some of these uh, social selling uh, yeah. best practices? And I definitely feel, too, that social selling, the reason why it's the last one, the reason why mm-hmm. it's the final is because it utilizes, um, as we'll talk about right now, it really utilizes all the kind of other aspects of what you just said, be the solution to the problem. Well, we can't be that solution if we don't know what the problem is so we need to enact social listening well social influencing and social networking when people aren't going to think that we're a credible solution unless we are and we can show our authority we can um, have a network that other people can vouch for us things like that so i really think that social selling it's this component of all yeah that we've been talking about social selling to be clear is not here, buy this product for me. No, check no, check no, out this great no, product or service. Not. Buy this for me. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, so the first one for best practices for social selling is show up. So show up, just like we just said, um, engage, be present, be yourself. Remember, the point of social selling is to build relationships. So make yourself seem more human and approachable, not less. Um, so, I mean, I've just seen our own success. Brand, I mean, people love a personable brand. They love yeah. one that they can relate to. They love one that they feel that they could be your best friend. Yep. Um, it's very easy to identify somebody that has placed like a bot or some kind exactly. of just, I don't know, auto uh-huh. responses or just even if it's done manually and you, you still kind of get the same generic response. It's like, okay, why am I even doing this? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not connecting with you. So yeah. giving those personalized responses and, and, and comments and whatnot uh, just establishes exactly mm-hmm. that. And it, it helps establish that relationship. Yeah. Exactly. And the second one, um, listen strategically to identify leaves. So back to that first um, social listening, your customers and prospects are sharing information. You need to listen. You need to hear what they want to say. You need to hear what they think about your products. Um, They're basically telling you exactly what they want and need. And all you have to do is pay attention. Yep. That's amazing. It seems so simple, right? I know. (laughs) And number three, provide value. So this means providing valuable insight to the right prospects of at the right time. So this is where really where we're talking about that social networking, um, interacting with prospects and customers through social networks. Don't get too pitchy. Yep. Um, rather than simply saying the value of your product, it should be to contribute valuable information that can kind of establish you as an expert. Um, write posts that share important knowledge. Don't be afraid to share relevant posts from others as well. Um, and then just kind of add a short comment of your own, really engage here. Definitely. Um, you know, that's, it's, it seems like overall kind of a simple, rather simple, uh, concept. It's just really taking the time to do it well and, and care about 
actually what's happening, you know, with the activity on, on your social channels and turning that into, you know, a form of social selling. Um, you know, every industry and, and business is, is a little bit different on how you go about doing that. So taking the time to lay out a strategy before you get into it, I think will prevent a lot of frustrations um, because it, it does take time to build up. It's not just going to happen overnight Absolutely. that you're going to see um, success from that. So um, that's that's everything that we have for our social media marketing series. Um, that was part four, social selling, social listening, social influencing, social networking, and social selling. So um, hopefully that helps some, some folks out just with an overall approach of how to how to better approach uh building their their business or brand on on social media mm-hmm. absolutely yeah and just my best advice listen and engage you know go forth and put valuable content out there listen to other people um engage with your peers or like peer brands so to speak yep. and really just strive to build these meaningful relationships and like i said for that fourth one social selling all these others are going to come into play definitely What's our last item for today? No. Yeah. Are you not doing that one? Wait, which one? The here, 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 here. All products yeah. or potions? Oh, I didn't know. Well, that's part of social selling, so I didn't know. So when you like wrapped it up, I was Oh, like, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to do the 12-step uh, uh, okay. uh, well, we sales talk. letter template. We can talk about it and then. Or do you want to just wrap it up? It's up to you. All right. That's fine. Do you want to? Uh, what is it? I didn't it's even just, click on it. So all it is, it's pretty much the same. Th- I mean, we would just give them actionable. Like, it's like get attention, identify the problem, provide the solution, present your credentials, show the benefits, give social proof, get, make your offer, give a guarantee, call to action. Yeah. I mean, uh, so let's just touch on that. So okay. I'll just uh, I'll just redo that. Okay. <laughs> um, so you finished with... Meaningful relationships. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. So, uh, you know, just following up with that a little bit and the, we came across this 12 step foolproof uh, sales letter template, which is this 12 part system that can really be picked apart and applied to everything from a product page to a promotional email to a Facebook ad, um, all kinds of things. So this, this applies to the social selling as a whole, but it, it applies to everything. Well, everything. we, everything I just said. So, um, let's, let's talk about those, those 12, uh, different steps. So this first one is get attention. Um, so really just in these headlines, proven headline templates are how to, so blank, um, secrets of blank revealed or warning. Don't even think of this until you, this. Yep. So really just grabbing these attentions, um, even one-liners, exclamation points, things like that. And then two, uh, identifying the problem. Uh, it's it kind of a little bit goes into the social listening side, but identifying what is the problem that you're trying to solve mm-hmm. for your customer. Mm-hmm. If you can identify that and begin to build content and speak to uh, the marketing materials that you're putting out, uh, that will eventually uh, help. I'm jumping into number three, provide the solution. Yeah. Uh, I think that you're going to get the best return or the best response of all of your efforts because you're there. You're, you're not just trying to sell a product and say, hey, this is the greatest mm-hmm. thing ever. No, identify what the problem is, you know, touch on that you know, from a personal side of, hey, we, we know that this is a problem for you. 
and here's how we're here's going to solution. solution. Yeah. And this is the tool, product, or service that's going to do it. Mm-hmm. So that was number three, provide the solution. Um, introduce yourself, your product, and your service. Uh, try to relieve your consumer's pain. So whatever their problem is, um, struggle through it with them and try to find that solution. That goes into number four as well, present your credentials. Um, so if you're trying to fix a problem, you need to have authority and credentials to back it up. Uh, so any successful case studies, um, any other businesses that you've spoke with, this goes back to social sure. networking as well. Yep, success stories, anything along, you know, even as simple as, something as simple as, you know, the years in business that provides yeah, credibility absolutely, uh, and credentials. Show the benefits, number five, show the benefits. And this is exactly where you can, you know, you you identified the problem, you provided a solution, and now your product or service solved that for you. And now look how great your life is because mm-hmm. of, you know, what we helped you solve. So show those benefits, show the, the, the after effects of whatever it is that you sold or service that you provided, um, the benefits to the customer of, of how is their life going to be easier because of what you provided to them. Yeah, absolutely. And that goes into um, the next one, give social proof. So the reader wants it to be true, but they might not believe you. So having like customer testimonials um, are great and they really prove your claims of the product. Yep. Uh, and we don't want to leave out uh, make your offer, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you've got to go into uh, really that, that hard call to action mm-hmm. and you, your offer is really key. So, I mean, a great offer can overcome, uh, you know, a mediocre call to action. Um, and th- there's so many different ways to do that. And, um, again, it's, uh, it's going to matter depending on the business and whatnot, but focus on what that offer is and make sure that you're providing as much value as you can mm-hmm. within it. Yeah, absolutely. And give a guarantee. Uh, this is number eight. So make your offer irresistible, take out any risk of purchase. Um, that's what people fear the most. They fear spending too much money and not getting any results, well, especially with online purchases yeah, right because absolutely. you you can't go into you know i run down the street and go buy something and yep. they give me some shit product that doesn't work and I'm, guess what well i know where to find them mm-hmm. right that's not always the case with buying on obviously big retailers and stuff you have that level of comfortability and most of them have established some kind of a mm-hmm. really good guarantee or return policy or whatever it may be but um the smaller folks need to make sure that's that's what people are looking for yeah. that that assurance that you know, the money that they're about to spend is, you know, well, free return, even like just saying something simple, like free returns or, um, get, I mean, hundred percent, no questions asked, take it back, guarantee things like that. Yep. Uh, number nine, uh, inject scarcity. So this really goes into, um, you know, that trying to make it feel irresistible or that, and, you know, you, you must do this by this date or, you know, like the offer is, is expiring, you know, after maybe the first 50 people mm-hmm. or something along those lines or, yeah, make uh, it urgent. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is where you want to, uh, in, you know, insert that urgency piece to it. Mm-hmm. And then from there, the call to action. So this is tense. Uh, don't assume your reader or your consumer really knows what to do to get the benefits, um, for your offer. So be clear and concise and spell out how they can make the order. Be action-oriented. So say things like, pick up the phone or call now, contact us today, things like that, the really call to mm-hmm. action, the consumer. Yep. And 11, give a warning. Uh, this is, I don't know why I think uh, 
this is funny when I think of some info, infomercials that I've seen. Uh, uh, you know, a good sales letter is it it will build our good sales message, whatever whatever uh, avenue that you're 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 using to put that message out. You you have to build some emotion to it, right? And you know, right until the very end, until that that call to action and kind of that you know the risk of loss here and and what is that going to be? So um, it's funny when you you know like the if you don't do this or you don't buy this, here's how your life is going to continue to suck <laughs> yeah. in whatever capacity. So my reference to the infomercials is like, you know, sometimes you see really funny ones of people that, you know, they just don't, don't keep living your life like this. And yeah. they're doing something really stupid over and over and over again, banging their head against the wall. If, you know, if you don't buy this helmet, you know, you're going to keep banging your head against the wall. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anything along those lines. So give a warning, you know, building up that emotion and, and trying to input, you know, if you don't do this, and, and it's not a threat, yeah. obviously, but it's a, you know, you're going to continue to experience this kind Still of have the problem. physical or yeah. mental pain because of the problem if you don't do this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And close. So take all that. And then number 12, close with a reminder. Uh, this is my the example that pops into my head is OTD or CTV. So really having that kind of video ad and then at the end, really having that call to action, the reminder, wrap it all up. Um, and this is just a stat here. Always in, so it says always include a PS. It's the third most read element of your letter. So that's just talking about a sales letter um, and a sales pitch, but also take that to advertising. That kind of overarching has all the details. That's what people are going to read. Yep. That's what people are going to remember. And at the end of the commercial, you know, they might be looking away, but they're going to come back at the end when they see that picture of the nice new car. Or yep, something that's like exactly that. right. Yep. Well, I hope uh, that helps some people out with uh, the 12 step sales process tips um, from a marketing perspective. I think, you know, all of those can be inserted uh, into your marketing advertising efforts somewhere. And that really just gives a big picture idea of obviously you're not going to use every one of those every single time. But, you know, it gives a good it touches on a little bit of everything to make sure that you're pushing your your product, your service, all of your messaging around it in a way that is going to connect with somebody and, and establish an emotional connection. Hey, it's going to solve a problem for me. Yes. I got to have that. Yep. You know, you walk them through that. You took them through that entire journey. Mm -hmm. And it all starts, um, it all starts with the product or the service. So making sure that what you have is credible, that you want to, that it really is a solution um, to these people's or to these people's problems, excuse me. And so I found this metaphor and I just really like it. Wrap up social selling and it's all products or potions. So talking a little witchy over here. (laughs) Um, But remember that people don't buy products or services. They buy outcomes. They buy identities. They buy these solutions. They buy increased status. They buy peace of mind. Um, All products are potions. Before the customer drinks your potion, they are in a less than ideal state. They are in pain or there is some desire, conscious or unconscious, that is unfulfilled. So stop for a second, think about yourself, and ask, what less than ideal state is my prospect in before they drink our potion? So what are they, how are they feeling? What are they thinking before this? And then what transformation has occurred after they drink our potion? So after they have our service, after they have their product, how are their Right, it's the journey. Yeah. Yeah. How are they improved? And then kind of, so just taking that up, taking those 12 steps, 12 steps, excuse me, I can't talk today. Um, wrapping that all up and just really being that secret potion for your consumer. Yeah, that's really good. That's uh, 
the the secret product potion. Yeah, right. I like that. <laughs> That's good. So, well, guys, uh, thanks for joining us today. That's everything that we have. I am Chris Drop, my co-host Helena Corsini, uh, f- here for episode seven with all of our uh, latest digital marketing headlines and some tips and tricks. Uh, hopefully, we gave you some actionable items today that you can take with you and benefit you with uh, anything advertising marketing within the digital world that we live in today that continues to grow and we or will let us know what you want to hear yes please mm-hmm. let us know um if there's a specific topic um anything along those lines that we can just really dig into and and give you some kind of actionable steps and, and added value to what you do on a daily basis that's why we're here so we're watching those headlines every day putting uh putting everything together for you and we will be back next week with episode eight thanks for joining us see you later